Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your co co hosts, MJ WAU, here with the Fun Train and Shadow 45. Um, I hope everyone's having a gr- well, had a great Halloween. And uh, we're moving on to week nine here, right, Scott? Or sheesh, are we moving to week eight? I can't keep it's- up anymore. I know it's week nine. Uh, it's going so quickly. Week nine. Yeah, that means, yeah, we are over halfway through the season. We're at the tipping point. So you've really got to be making your moves here. Um, with our icebreaker, we'll scoot on over to that. We're actually going to talk about our favorite Harry Potter books and movies. Do we want to, I guess, start with books or do you want me to do both at the same time? Go ahead and hit them with both. Okay. So, listen, my favorite movie is going to be uh, The Goblet of Fire. Everything about the Triwizard Tournament, I'm I'm very big on compet- like competitive stuff. And yes, Harry Potter is, has a wonderful storyline and everything. But just the fact that, you know, all those school student representatives um, vying for the same thing. And I love how they portrayed that in the movie. Um, also my favorite book is going to have to be the order of the Phoenix. Um, honestly, such really the, I guess what the big introduction, uh, introduction to Dementors and of course, Sirius Black losing him such a left, such a heavy hole, big hole. You like them thick boys, thick books. Jeez. But absolutely my favorite too. Um, Fun train. What are you feeling like? Oh, this is hard. Coming from a guy who owns a robe, multiple wands, a broomstick, maybe some other accessories. Uh, there's hmm. a lot, a lot to choose from. Um, but I guess starting with book, um, Order of the Phoenix was an honorable mention for me. I, I think I have a pretty deep memory of getting that. I think that was the first book that. We got at midnight. Um, so, of course, did the midnight movie premieres, but actually going to get the book at midnight was a first for me because um, who likes to read that much? But, um, anyways, Order of the Phoenix, great choice. Love that choice. I got to go with the layup, though. Deathly Hollows is just, I mean, it's amazing. It's great. Um, and, and further, the Deathly Hollows chapter in Deathly Hollows, when they go through the Elder Wand, the Invisibility Cloak, um in the resurrection stone Stone. um that was just such a great depiction Mm -hmm. and vivid memory of reading through that um so definitely hollows for the book um prisoner of azkaban was a very close second i gotta add that um that was like blow your mind Mm -hmm. harry potter's here forever kind of book Finally, movie is Deathly Hollows Part One, um, which, if you're a Harry Potter fan, fan, it's a pretty lukewarm take. If you're less in in it, in it, it could be seen as a hot take because it's not the most exciting film, but the acting is great. It's just such a I mean, yeah, I, I think I think it really does come down to the just the acting, the buildup of the story. Um, and let me tell you, Emma Watson just shines. So um, sorry, 
I was I was going to be long winded with this subject, but mm, for good reason. It's a love of mine. Yeah. So Scott, I, I thought Steve and I were almost going to be identical. Uh, and before I get into my picks, um, I read through all the books uh, in my childhood, and uh, I had the intent of reading through them again twice. Uh, I only made it through the first book, um, but I am currently audiobooking them again um i just finished sorcerer's stone uh and actually today just started chamber of secrets so i will be audiobooking the entire series here um within the next few months and very excited about that uh but like steven uh i will take the layup and my favorite book was also deathly hallows um i think steven Mm -hmm. hit the nail on the head there um and there's just it's such a great conclusion to such a great series of books and y'all so basic we are a little bit um and uh funny enough my honorable mention was also prisoner of azkaban um where we actually first learned about dementors it wasn't all the way in order of the phoenix we learned about him way earlier than that but uh interaction interaction with harry yeah i mean he had his whole patronus in prisoner of azkaban though you know the whole scene where he took hermione's like time turner and Mm. a using the Patronus on himself, but like he thought it was his dad. Uh, God. Uh, yeah. So good. Um, but I think part of the reason why, Wait. yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, we should have led with spoiler alert. If you haven't read the books or watched the movies, um, one, you're way behind the times and two, there is a big void in your life. That is Harry Potter. Um, but no, I think, uh, a reason that I really like prisoner of Azkaban is it kind of steps away from Voldemort, being the primary antagonist um you know the whole time we're kind of thinking it's serious black is this bad guy and um you know it, it doesn't focus so much on harry versus voldemort unlike the rest of the books which do um so yeah definitely my honorable mention but uh, to get to my movies um this is where i differ from steven i will take the easy one deathly hallows part two because it's where all the action is they finally kill off all the rest of the horcruxes Battle of Hogwarts. Uh, Neville actually does un-Neville-like things and is kind of cool for once. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just like, what, two and a half hours of just nonstop action? Um, loved Honestly, it. I think it's a hot take. I think that's a hot take to call Deadly Hall part two your favorite movie. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. Great soundtrack. Um, I will say probably the best soundtrack of the year. Well, uh, I think soundtracks are so important when it comes to movies too. Like uh, soundtracks can make a movie. Um, but even then, like I, I really, and I know it was kind of cheesy and like the way they dolled up the actors and extras and makeup, but like um, the whole part where they're like on the bridge and he breaks the elder wand, throws away. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> what, 19 years later, uh, oh, just goosebumps, yeah. goosebumps every time. It's like, oh man. Um, and I, I just remember, uh, cause I think we were in college, um, right. When the yeah. second movie came out. Yeah. I was like, I think I just closed the book on my childhood, like the movie. Like, yeah, we were already in college, but like, that was kind of like the closing of the book. Um, and so it was very meaningful for me in that aspect as well. MJ, do you immediately regret this being our subject? <laughs> no, I love it. I love seeing some passion. Um, on other subjects other than fantasy football, right? Because we speak about fantasy football all the time on this podcast. So, I mean, 
Listen, I didn't really get into it. I just, I really <laughs> like the Triwizard Tournament. It's just always been one of my favorite great things. Choice. Great choice. Great you know? choice. I mean, so great to see such passionate answers, you guys, and defending your choices. Um, with that, we'll go ahead and scoot on over to the Week 8 recap. We got three select games here. Um, hopefully some teams we haven't talked about in a while. Um, first off, we're going to start with the New Orleans Saints versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Saints uh, picking this win up 38-27. to 27. Derek Carr going uh, 310 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I guess the biggest story the past two weeks especially has been Taysom Hill, who is once again making his fantasy resurgence. It's it's always at least once, uh, definitely at least once or twice a fantasy year we see him blow up. Um, six, oh, sorry, nine carries, 63 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Um also getting a reception for 14 yards. Alvin Kamara, who is um, a right now hotly uh, talked about topic for Mr. Fun Train here. Uh, 17.59 yards, one touchdown. Also going four for 51 and one touchdown. Uh, really love to see that. Uh, clearly showed to me a lot more efficiency with the offense with him only getting four receptions instead of the upwards of 10 we've been seeing. Rashid Shahid, um, three for 153, uh, one touchdown. Uh, Michael Thomas, four for 68. Let's say in uh, redraft, um, is Taysom Hill, if you were lacking uh, in a tight end, or let's say you drafted Kyle Pitts late and just still not satisfied with his action is Taysom Hill a worthy fill-in yeah I mean I if you don't have a top seven tight end mm-hmm. um yeah I, I I don't I mean as we know it's a, it's a wasteland with that group and it's obvious it's he's he is the definition of boom or bust but with tight ends and most of them are bust week to week so why not Throw uh, throw the dart at the at the boom. So, so yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, in my redraft league, I can't get it right. Um, I picked up Schultz after he got a touchdown three weeks in a row, and he got me like one point six points this week. Um, yeah, Taysom Hill does it all, and you can throw him in your tight end position, and hopefully, you know, if he's not going to get receptions, at least he's getting rushes and passes. Um, but Stephen uh made a great point i think honestly i think it's less than seven i think if you're outside of Mm -hmm. kelsey andrews laporta hawkinson and and now that cousins is hurt like hawkinson has a huge question mark well you know we'll see this week what that looks like um but then maybe ingram and kincaid if you're Mm -hmm. out of that five six kittle uh, Kittle, had, I feel like Kittle has been very boom bust this this year. Like he number was good. five in the year, though. I'm, but that's the point, right? So, like, honestly, if you're outside Kelsey Andrews and Laporta, I feel like it's kind of a dart throw. Yeah, okay. there's some names that you would rather have than others, but I think those big three are set it and forget it right now, and the rest are you kind of like, uh, I hope it's a good week. Yeah, yeah, good points all around, you guys. Um, on the Indianapolis side, Gardner Minshew. 213, two touchdowns with INT. Jonathan Taylor, uh, 12 for 95. He did leave uh, in the first half. It did play another snap in the second, I believe. Zach Moss, if you continue to play him, you are cashing out. 11 for 60, 66, one touchdown. And Michael Pittman Jr., uh, 
eight for 41 touchdown and drew Ogletree with a Hail Mary esque 33 yard touchdown. His only reception. Um, and I, I do have to mention Josh downs who continues to show out seven for 72, no touchdowns. Um, now, would you guys, or do you guys feel pretty confident in investing in some of these Indianapolis receiving core? I, I mean, of course, Josh Downs and Michael Pittman, especially with Gardner Minshew at the helm currently. Yeah, I think we've seen, especially over the past couple of weeks, that um, Minshew has been fine, uh, at least for the weapons around him and their fantasy values. Uh, yeah, I think Pittman and Downs would probably be the only two I would consider rostering slash you know, starting in a flex spot, maybe um, outside of that. I don't know if I want to touch any other receivers, but honestly, uh, if you have JT, he's a set and forget at this point. And until we see otherwise, Zach Moss is getting his as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to our next game here, gentlemen. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys winning over the Los Angeles Rams, 43 to 20. Um, and I was extremely excited to throw this in here, Scott, because I've been avoiding the Cowboys the past couple of weeks. Um, but as we both know, we are both CD Lamb uh, owners in leagues. Um, he set a career high in receptions, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. 12 receptions, 158 yards and two touchdowns. Um, insano. Uh, Dak Prescott finally showing out 304, four touchdowns, one INT, and then Tony Pollard. 12 for 53. Um, I guess we have to mention Brandon Cooks also 349, one touchdown. Jake Ferguson, 447, one touchdown. Uh, Scott, you you always make this as a point as a team just needs to target their best player on the team and uh, let him make plays. And I guess this would be the absolute best example of that. I mean, Lamb getting 14 targets. Um, and having himself a career day when given the chance. And they really didn't rely on the rush game, rushing game at all here, just for a little balance. Um, do you think this is a really good <clears throat> turn in the right direction for the Cowboys offensively? I mean, you think CD needs to be the focal point here? Yeah. So, um, yes, to answer your question, um, I think we have seen the defense really shine this year very true um, and and they shine this past week as well very um, yeah. but i would say this was definitely a game where we saw the offense explode and it was through cd lamb um dak and cd lamb looked great the chemistry was there uh dak was throwing the ball to cd lamb and not to the opposing team which is awesome um and lamb was catching the ball and making plays like yeah uh, <laughs> we need to see that on a consistent basis. You know, as a Cowboys fan, it's like, cool, awesome. Like, I know we can smash teams. Um, I know our defense can keep us in games. Can we consistently do it? Like, week to week. Um, you know, the Niners have looked bad the last three weeks. They've dropped yeah. three in a row. Uh, the Eagles have looked a little down with Jalen Hurts having his knee injury. Like, the Cowboys are in this race for for top three slash four in the NFC. I would, I would throw the lions up there as well, actually. Um, but we got to see it consistently. Yeah, absolutely, man. And on the Ram side of things, uh, Matthew Stafford, one sixty-two, one INT, one touchdown, uh, Royce Freeman, nine for 44, 
rushing yards, one touchdown. And Ben Skoronek getting the lone touchdown. Um, really solid performance by the defense here. I mean, just really pinching the Rams from making any consistent drives of play. So um, we'll move on to our last game here, the Tennessee Titans winning over the Atlanta Falcons 28 to 23. Um, the big story of this game was rookie Will Levis um, throwing for 238, four touchdowns, no INTs. Uh, the King, Henry, um, 22, y- uh, 22 carries, 101 yards, no tutties. And DeAndre Hopkins, four receptions, 128 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and Nick Westbrook Akine uh, sneaking in there with one reception for 33 yards and a touchdown. Honestly, I, I think I read one of your takes uh, in one of our leagues, Scott. You said Will Levis will this will be his best game, um, right? He's never going to repeat this. Um, you stand by that? You think that's really true? Yeah, those words came out of my mouth, and and uh, I will say it on the podcast. I think that's the best game that Will Levis is ever going to have. Um, it's unsustainable. Hopkins getting three touchdowns on four receptions. Um. Yeah, I I think the Falcons were just kind of the first team to see a new quarterback in mm-hmm. Will Levis on the Titans. You know, every other team was preparing for Tannehill or Malik Willis. Um, also, I don't think the Falcons are that great on defense right now, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the secondary. But um, yeah, I, I want I want Levis to prove me wrong, but I don't know if he's going to. Yeah. And on the Falcon side of things, um, Desmond Ritter getting benched here. Um, Taylor Heineke going 175, one touchdown. Uh, Bijan 11 for 62 and one touchdown. And Scotty Miller getting a lone touchdown here on 14 yards. Um, I mean, how do you guys feel about the switch here? I mean, you think... Of course, all these fumbles, all these turnovers from Desmond Ritter, that for sure, um, I mean, validate the switch to Heineke. Uh, fun train, you being the resident Falcons fan here. Yeah, I mean, first, it, it should be clear that Ritter was taken out of the game due to concussion, not due to being benched. So, yeah, um, excuse me. He, he wasn't. I don't think he was having the best game, but he also, I don't think he was necessarily losing the game for the Falcons. Um, I, I have very mixed feelings, honestly, because the, I, I mean, they did look better once Heineke came in the game, but it doesn't feel like Ritter's opportunity should be completely shut this early from the concussion. I think, uh, again, he was he was already on thin ice, um, but they were still kind of making it through. And I feel like there's just been a lot of questionable coaching decisions. So I, I, I don't know. I think I would still like I don't want this to be the end of the Ritter road. Um, obviously, if Heineken can get it done, you got to roll with him. But um, def- definitely mixed feelings. Uh, but but Heineke. He looked good. I'm hoping that he'll continue to do well, but they got to figure out how to throw the ball because Kudero Hodge isn't going to get it done. They got Van Jefferson, um, which is great news. Um, 
he's automatically going to be put into that number two wide receiver slot. So, so maybe they can get something done, got a, got a deep threat. Um, but there's just so, there's so much talent on this team and it seems like it's just never used correctly. And, um, I, I want to believe Arthur Smith's a good coach, but I don't think they're the woes all fall on Ritter. I think Arthur Smith's got to, got to get a shit together. Yeah. Well said, man. Um, with that, that's our week eight recap. Um, are you ready for the hype train? Uh, fun train? Choo-choo! Let's go, baby. All right, guys. We are, I guess, halfway through the season at this point. Mm. Um, so let's do our halfway hype train, starting with the number one quarterback in scoring in week eight, Sam Howell. Um, are we on the Howell hype train? You know what? I am starting him like every week. And what's your fantasy? And it's been helping me out. So, I mean, if there's one thing I know, it's this team's going to sling it. And regardless, the fact that Howell is like continues to lead the league and sacks taken, um, they're going to be behind, especially losing their star linemen right from the past trade deadline so uh yeah i'm on the hype train yeah i uh i think this is a caboose for me so barely on the train <laughs> i've been over this before you're in the station or you're on the train <laughs> taking a backseat on the train um you're on the train but yeah mj made a lot of good points um i think they're gonna have to be throwing the ball a lot um he seems to make, you know, good throws, good decisions for the most part. Uh, I think just kind of a bad situation that he's in in Washington. Yeah. Sounds like you're trying to convince yourself. Well, I, I, I am. I am trying to convince myself a little bit. Two choose. Choo choo. Um, I am not on the Howell hype. Train. Oh, wait. I forgot that. How that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two out of three there, MJ. Sure. Um Shame, I mean, really. Yeah, he's obviously been doing well um, consistently I and mean, getting tw- over 20 points. Um, I just I just don't believe in it um, yet. So waiting to see. Wishing the best of luck to the guy. But uh, but yeah, not, not on the hype train yet for Howell. Okay. Um, let's move right to his teammate, Jahan Dotson. Um, obviously had a really good game last week. Um, but still only at 56 points for the year. Um, you guys on the hype train. So I could say I was on the hype train, like towards the end of last year and definitely going into this season. I think I am jumping off that train and currently waiting at the station. Uh, he seems to be very boom bust. There's been weeks where he wasn't even targeted, right? There, there was at least one week this year where he one wasn't target. even targeted. Okay, he had one target. Um, yeah, no thanks. I don't feel comfortable if I own him starting him. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a wait and see at the station for me right now. MJ? Um, I, I was actually thinking that Dotson was a huge, like a great buy low candidate last week the past couple of weeks with the, just how poor his production is uh, i really think this he was just a beneficiary of the fact that curtis samuel was out um 
just get those extra targets. I, I think this offense is, you know, I don't know. Samuel's just been popping off. If you just look at the targets, look at just the total touchdowns overall. So I, I, mm, I'm just waiting at the station for sure. This one. It is going to be a crowded station because I am in there <laughs> with you guys. No, no choose. Maybe on the train. Yeah, I think it's uh, um, another. Hopefully the talent's there and he'll overcome it with a better team. But uh, there's just not enough to go around right now. Um, so off the train. Moving on to our number one running back scorer of week eight. Gus Edwards, the first. Um, what are you guys thinking? Especially you know, talking redraft. Um, what do we think? Man, I, I hate to say it, but see, I'm just so conflicted because you know what? It, it really is a toss up in the backfield. What I'm seeing between Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards. I mean, if you just compare the first part of the season, um, the recent, I think only two or three games, I think past two or three games, Gus Edwards has been popping off, you know, for the fact of the matter is they're getting so many goal line chances or, you know, first and goal chances that he's been actually succeeding and perhaps, um, keeping Lamar healthier that way. So honestly, I, I think I just convinced myself I'm, I'm, I'm on that train, especially with how, I don't know, crappy some of the RBs have been this year. So, all right. Yeah, I think, you, you nailed it there at the end. Um, I think running back in general has just kind of been um, weak and a little unpredictable this year. And Gus Edwards, yeah, he's popped off big the last two weeks. Um, I typically like to see three weeks in a row before I'm all in. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to jump on the train for now. Uh, the Ravens are a good offense. He's mm-hmm. getting good, valuable touches. Um, and if you're on one of those teams, uh, where, you know, you spend a lot of assets on a bigger running back or your main guy got hurt or whatever, um, I think Gus Edwards, it could be a good RB two or a flex play for you. Choo, choo, choo. Let's go, baby. That's three shoes, baby. Um, I am also on that hype train. Um, agreed with Scott two weeks is not usually something I want to go off of, but he's he's blown up. Obviously, uh, a little, um, little swayed by the three touchdowns last week, which is not sustainable. But um, he had 19 carries to to five, being the next most with Lamar. So uh, he is the the guy in the running back game. He is banged up a little bit, so hopefully that's not you know not going to continue, but. Um, I think they want him to be the guy, and I don't think it's a competition if he is healthy. So I'm on that hype train. Um, moving to a couple of Cardinals, and we can mash them at the same time. Trey McBride. Sorry, I misspoke. One Cardinal, one former Cardinal. <laughs> Trey McBride and Josh Dobbs. Oh, so uh, it's funny you bring these two up together um, because I traded them both away in the same trade, um, partly for bench construction, uh, really to get some more space, but also because 
I felt like I was kind of selling them at a peak, at least peak for a season. So Trey McBride, let's start there. Uh, the Cardinals have no idea what this offense is going to look like. And now Josh Dobbs gone. Kyler Murray's coming back and that should help the offense. Um, I think McBride has a good future in front of him. I just don't know if it's this year. Um, I think I am uh, in the station uh, for McBride. Josh Dobbs, um, MJ put it best when we were talking about this uh, when I was considering trading him. Um, he's a one-year rental. No matter where he goes, he's a one-year rental. For Dynasty, to me, that says sell high. Um, in one league, I sold him for a third straight up. Um, and then in the other league, I sold him and Trey McBride together for uh, a second. Um, and I think, you know, if you are good at quarterback, uh, which in both leagues I had three other viable starting quarterbacks for Superflex, I think that is the correct play. Uh, if you are a team that needs a second quarterback right now, I think Josh Jobs is a great, um, you know, value buy. Uh, you, you probably pay more than you'll ever have to pay for him right now, but. Um, he's somebody that you should be able to get at a reasonable price to fill in there at your quarterback two spot. But uh, I, I think for Josh Jobs, I'm I'm leaving the station because um, it's it's just it's a one year fill in. Yeah, great great points all around, Scott. Um, I I'm a little I'm gosh I was so up in the air a little bit for both these j- just a little bit okay, and the reason behind that is like on the short term for especially for trey mcbride um i'm would absolutely be on the train but remember when zach Ertz is healthy and honestly it's a miracle that he came back from his acl tear so quickly but when he's been healthy he's been the main target share holder of that team um and he's on ir so that's only i mean you could get through possibly three quality weeks but we have to remember Josh Dobbs isn't there anymore. And we don't know what this offense is going to look like um, with potentially Kyler or Clayton Toons getting the start. So I'm staying at the station for McBride. Um, in terms of Dobbs, if you're really hurting, yeah. Um, great pickup in Dynasty. Uh, he could serve you potentially the rest of this year. Um, am I excited to see him in the Vikings offense? Um, honestly, I'm on the station for Dobbs. I think he adds a little bit more athleticism that Kirk didn't provide. I don't think he can sling it nearly as good as Kirk, but I'm more on this, uh, on the train just because I'm really interested to see what he can do with this many weapons. Right. So wait, so on the train or in the station on the train. Okay. For Dobbs. Choo choo. All right, so that's two out of six chews. Who's the chew for? I'm in agreement on Josh Dobbs. I uh, I think he's going to be the guy for the Vikings for the rest of the year, assuming what Jaron Hall doesn't just come out and make a showing. Um, the Cardinals are four and four. Guys, we were thinking they were going to go, what, 0-17? Oh, um, so... What'd you say? That's that's what <clears throat> that's what I'm hoping for as a, a as the bear fan. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but anyways, I mean, I, I think four and four is incredibly impressive. He's done a really good job with his team, and the Cardinals don't have Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. So 
Um, I think uh, I think Dobbs is going to have a good rest of the year. So I'm on that hype train. Trey McBride, agree with Scott that the talent is there. I think he's got a really bright future, but in the station on him, uh, just because I think the Cardinals um, future is up in the air. I, but but I don't I don't think they're going to be significantly worse than they currently are. Mm-hmm. But I think Kyler's going to take a little bit to get up and running. Um, but I, I don't think it's out of the the realm of possibility for McBride to overtake Ertz as as the number one tight end on the offense. I just don't think it's going to be an immediate change. So I'm um, just waiting yeah. in the station there. So p- point of order: the Cardinals are not four and four; they're one and seven. And the one win, uh, yes, it was over my Cowboys, um, which I will chalk that up as the Cowboys looking beyond the Cardinals on their schedule. But uh, they have only won one game, not four. You know what gave me the confusion there is they switched Dobbs's record to the Vikings. Oh, very so that is why I am seeing four wins and four. Hey, you good baby. Um, I mean, can I sneak this in here? I think the real buy-in right here is Marquis Hollywood Brown, especially with Kyler coming back. He's he's already been doing. He's been one of the most consistent receivers in the game, and now he's even even more like the ceiling. Yes, his ceiling's been lifted. Yeah, yeah, completely agreed. Um, all right, let's just do one more for the road. Um, let's go with Kareem Hunt. One more for the rail, you mean? Um, (laughs) I am on the train right now. Uh, whether it's Jerome Ford or Pierre Strong that's getting the first and second down looks. I don't think it matters. I think Kareem Hunt is carrying enough value um, on third down, passing down, slash uh, end of half drives. Um, and he's getting enough looks in that offense that he is a viable flex play right now. So, yes, I'm on the train, uh, at least for this season. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, I think, um, of course, he is familiar with the system. And, two, I think they've been using him in crucial situations which is what you want a back to be doing uh at least a back that is starting um and getting what what was that last last game he had two touchdowns scott or or so and ford's about to be out for potentially a week or so two games yeah one touchdown last game to the game before jeez um so yeah uh, given the odds of of this uh offense that's really relying on the rushing game so on this on the train baby yeah, four touchdowns over the last three weeks. Choo-choo. Yeah, I, I'm in the station. I okay. Just, I can't can't buy in on a guy that didn't get signed until week three. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I you know, he's obviously, he's averaging, I think, around 14 points a game over the last three games. So, it's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. obviously really good. Um, especially not being the guy, but uh, yeah, I think I just I got I gotta wait and see. Just it's hard for me to trust someone that wasn't on a team coming into the season. So, um, in the station on Kareem, and with that, we'll turn it over to MJ for on the clock. Yeah, man. So I've got um, we've already talked about your resident teams. This time, I am turning things around on you guys. So this is both about running backs. Who would like to go first? 
Sure, I'll go first. Okay. All right, Scott. So this is about the Atlanta Falcons and Bijan Robinson, baby. So Bijan, who is currently ranked as RB13 in what's your fantasy setting, so have PPR. Um, his first four finishes of the year, RB8, 8, 25, and 10. And of course, his last four here, 21, 20. I can kind of throw out the week against Tampa Bay because he was sick, um, and 17. Do you think there's still time for this team to turn their offense around to enable Bijan to finish as a top three back? And two, does Taylor Heineke make that big a difference uh, in the offense? 30 seconds. Um, So simply no to both answers. Um, I think uh, Arthur Smith is blowing it with Bijan. Let's throw out the Tampa game where he was sick and trying to screw a bunch of fantasy players. Um, but no, uh, Tyler Algier is getting way too many looks in that offense. Bijan should be getting way more. Um, and I don't think Heineke makes that much of a difference uh, over Ritter. Okay, great points, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling the pain here, especially for Bijan owners. I, I'm unfortunately not an owner i'd love to be one still with with this offense and everything going on but um just not getting the cutting the mustard as you know i speak of that way because he his picture in sleeper is his mustard um even having said all that though he's running back 13 on the year right yeah Um, cool we had really high expectations for him you know number one overall you know i've rookie season if you got him in dynasty like he's a hold for the next half decade minimum, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Cool. A little bit of a letdown this year, but not really. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Things will turn around. Um, oh, yeah. If his production doesn't go up, Arthur Smith will get booted. Like, it'll happen. Okay. Um, fun train, you ready? Okay. So, yeah. this is about Tony Pollard, baby. Topo. Who, Topo, who's currently RB18 for the year. Um, he had a lot of steam coming into the season after Zeke was shipped out. Since finishing as RB5 in week one, he has had finishes of 15, 14, 27, 30, 11, and 37. Okay. Do you think he can, well, of course, preseason, he was touted as a potential RB1. Do you think he can finish as an RB1 this year? And, if not, what's the lowest rank he could finish? And two, games on the line, you're on the three-yard line. Are you calling a handoff to Pollard or a pass to CD? How much time is left? Uh, final play. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, all right. I'm ready. Um, Go. First... Yes, I think he can still finish as a top 10 running back. Been extremely disappointing, but um, Cowboys don't have too much of a scary schedule rest of the season from the running back perspective. So um, I'm good with him being my RB1, uh, but I do think that he could finish as um, as far as back as 15. So I, I think maybe he's at his, he's at his floor. Um, and then... I think 
CD Lamb, no question. Last play of the game, it's got to be a throw. I can't can't trust it. Um, one yard line, maybe you could have convinced me of Pollard, but three, gone CD. Yeah, great. Scott, you agree? CD um, all the way. I actually think the answer is neither. The play I would call, <laughs> I would I would line up CD on the right side. I would put Jake Ferguson on the right side of the line, so inside of CD Lamb. I would. What, run, run a, a slant. Pick, I would I run a pick play with CD running a slant in, and then Ferguson running a little out. Have Dak roll out to the right. Uh, have CD pick the defender that's supposed to pick up Ferguson, leaving Ferguson wide open in the end zone for the win. That's the play that I would call. Let me get Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, baby. Uh, great answers to the question, gentlemen. Um, Always one of my favorite segments. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on here um, to MFK, hosted by Scott. So, uh, you know, this is unplanned, and we kind of do these segments, um, but Pollard is actually a really great transition into uh, my MFK this week because I picked running backs that were all drafted in the fifth round of our What's Your Fantasy startup draft. Oh, wow. Um, and more so than just the theme of them all being drafted uh, in the fifth round. And I'll tell you the exact spots here in a second, but it's middle of the fifth. Um, They all have kind of not lived up to the hype that we expected, you know, with a fifth round draft capital. So the first is Ramon J. Stevenson drafted at 5.6. Tony Pollard drafted at 5.8 and Damon Pierce drafted at 5.9 MFK. Super easy. Well, yeah. At least the Mary Pollard, no question. Leaps and bounds, going to Vegas. Immediate Mary. And the other two guys are being left at the crib wherever they are. Um, going to friends with bench fit. Ramondre, I think. I don't know if I have great reasoning, but maybe the talent's better. Maybe. God, the Patriots and Texans are both so bad. Um, I think Devin Singletary is a bigger overall threat than Zeke, even though Zeke is the goal line guy. Uh, it's very close. It's, it's very close, but for, I guess, I'm going gut Ramondre killing Damian Pierce. Yeah, um, I'm about to go th- the exact same thing, Fun Train. Um, uh, listen, Pierce has been starting to lose touches to Singletary. And as much as people said that he wasn't going to be a threat to him, okay, um, Pierce just hasn't looked as explosive, even with C.J. Stroud being as productive as he's been. Um, very interesting to me. Um, Pollard, of course, we've hashed over the details. I think, yeah, as we said, the schedule isn't going to be um, as tough as we think it is. Um, he has a great chance to, I don't really break out here maybe with a balanced offense and with more attention, I guess a balanced offense, man. And, uh, with that defense still, um, and Ramondre is going to be my friends with bench Um, I think uh, if you watch a couple of the games, the, the kid still looks good. He looks great. I think that whole offense in a ge- in general is just so dysfunctional right now and potentially fi- like starting to find their way. Um, so yeah, friends with bench fits Ramondre. I was definitely on the fence uh, between Stevenson and Pierce. Um, mm-hmm. Pollard is is the Mary, and I will say, you know, uh, it's not 
being biased as a Cowboys fan. Um, but I will say as a Cowboys fan, he has not looked as good as we had hoped. And I think losing Zeke, losing, you know, a goal line banger um, has hurt Pollard. Um, I think defenses can prepare for a guy like Pollard, you know, without there being the threat of a guy that could just shove it down your throat. I was a little disappointed that we didn't go and get like Derrick Henry or somebody else big at the trade deadline um, to compliment Pollard. But Pollard's with Mary. I think you guys convinced me. Um, I'm very anti Patriots players this year in general for fantasy. And I've always been very anti Patriots backfield for yep. fantasy ever since <laughs> Stefan Ridley, like, what was it seven or eight years ago? People don't forget Stephen Ridley. Uh, Anyways, uh, he's going to be my friends with Petra here. Um, I was the first guy to be out on Pierce. Like, I was out on Pierce before this season started. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I would say maybe a little bit had to do with Devin Singletary going there, but I just didn't believe in the Texans' offense going into the season. Now, I would say the Texans' offense has proved me a little bit wrong with C.J. Stroud. They've, they've looked decent, but Pierce has been very meh. Um, I would not feel comfortable starting him on a week-to-week basis and you drafted him to be if not your rb1 a very high rb2 um so yeah i think he's got to be the kill here um but i think it's a little bit closer between pierce and stevenson than than maybe you guys let on in my opinion at least yeah yeah mj yeah man so um i actually went with a theme here uh because the fun train is very inspiring. Um, I looked what today there's multiple of holidays or associate days, but I went with um, today's the extra mile day, extra mile going the extra mile. And so I am going with this with some players who uh, go the extra mile outside football. Uh, first of which is going to be uh, Patrick Mahomes um, who mainly focuses on, well, he started the 15 and Mahomes Foundation, uh, which supports organizations that work with underprivileged privileged children. Uh, second is going to be Jalen Hurts, who supports not only um, a bunch of educational uh, foundations, um, also cancer relief, um, help to kids such as Alex's lemonade stand, making a positive impact on people's lives. Um, and last of which is going to be Travis Kelsey um, establishing 87 running to provide scholarships to underprivileged children to send them, um, help them plan for their future. So of course these football players who do more, that's what I love to see people who are willing to give back. Now this is not in a dynasty setting. This is going to be redraft. Um, So how do we feel? And I mean, so hard, but I mean, Kelsey might be your kill for everybody, but oh, all right, all right. So redraft, redraft. So this year, mm-hmm. re- redraft superflex, because well, that makes that makes the difference. Well, you know what? Redraft single quarterback, so we can make it a little bit on even footing. Then I marry Travis Kelsey because yeah. he by far um, is the tight end advantage. If you have Travis Kelsey, you're going in with a 10-point advantage uh, weekly at the tight end position, which Mm -hmm. is the toughest position to play, to predict. Um, Man, uh, 
Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, it's so close. And <laughs> I I have I Patrick Mahomes in redraft. I have Jalen Hurts in dynasty. Um, you have to go with the tush push? Or I, I think I, I I think I got to go with the tush push, man. I, I think the tush push makes the difference. The rushing Roughly upside, tough. the rushing upside does it for me. And until we see them go away from that, um, I think Jalen Hurts has to be the French of Benjamin's here. Uh, and Mahomes is one of those players where I never, I would never use the K word for. So he just, uh, by process of elimination, is number three on the list based on the exact settings that you gave me. Okay, fun train. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I have to agree. Um, which it's hard to kill Mahomes because he's so great. Um. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Kelsey is the easy Mary with the tight end differentiation and uh, yeah, the rushing upside for Hertz. Um, I hate the tush push. I think it's bullshit, but uh, rushing upside wins. Yeah, man, I have to agree full fold with you guys. Um, uh, other than Mahomes having immense success with Travis Kelsey and uh uh, an emerging Rasheed Rice. I still think that overall their receiving core struggles. That'd be most of my reason why Mahomes is my kill here. Um, and you guys already hit the nail on the head for the other two players. So uh, great choices, gentlemen. Uh, fun train. What you got? So to go with my underlying theme, which is no shave November, starting off with Harry Potter. Um, moving on to three guys that have beards, um, Nico Collins, Deontay Johnson, and Jacoby Myers. Oh man. Jacoby's been thrown in like the past couple weeks. I, I love know. it. Deontay, Jacoby, Nico. Uh, any particular setting or, uh, I mean, half, uh, not dynasty. Oof. Um, not dynasty. So I'm going to have to go with. Uh, can you remind me of the last player again? I'm sorry. Jacoby. 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 Nico. Shoot, man. Okay. Listen, because of the, Oh, I just don't know what the offense is like with Aiden O'Connell. I know they had one game, but I don't remember. Jacoby's going to have to be my kill here. Um, just because of that reason. I think they just got rid of, uh, the head coach and their offensive coordinator, and their GM. Um, I don't know, man. So my Mary's going to have to be Deontay Johnson, who did get the bulk of the uh, targets, when, hence coming back when he came back. And friends with Bench Fitz, Nico Collins, who's been a little hot and cold as the season has gone on. So, Scott? Yep, I think that's a two-for-two two for me uh, with MJ there. Um, Deontay Johnson has looked really good. Um, his last couple games, uh, you know, since being back from IR, um, I've always thought he was the wide receiver one in that offense and not, uh, George Pickens. I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I think he is the guy, um, and the volume is there. Uh, so yeah, Mary Deontay Johnson, um, French events fits Nico Collins. Uh, he seems to be favorite target of Stroud in Houston. Um, 
And I would say it would have been a lot closer had it not been for this past week and the shenanigans that are the Raiders. Um, but unfortunately, I got to kill my boy, Jacoby Myers, uh, after a terrible Monday night football play by Jimmy G and the fact that he was throwing the ball to Hunter Renfro more than Devontae Adams or Jacoby Myers. I mean, that's that's why they lost. Like, if you're going to throw it to your third best wide receiver and not like, one, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, Devontae Adams, and two, Jacoby Myers has been hot. Uh, yeah, and that's why the coach got fired the next day because dumb play calling. That's that's how the NFL works. Dumb play calling, fired. All right, well, easy kill with Jacoby Myers, all that to say. Um, not in the same league as the other two guys. Um, marrying Deontay Johnson, friends with Ben Fitz, Nico Collins, so I'm in agreement across the board. Um, choo, 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 baby. Three choose. And with that, we will turn it over to Jukebox. Juke. All right, guys. So sticking to our No Shave November theme, we got a couple of hairy guys. Um, first, starting with Harry Styles in a little 2010s throwback, Sign of the Times. Um, from, I believe, his debut album, uh, but great song. Um, in the song, he says, they told me that the end is near. We got to get away from here. We never learn. We've been here before. So what injury-prone or older, quote-unquote, player that once was hot as soon as last year, so they could have been a hot, could have been a hot, could have been hot last year, um, is approaching the end of his fantasy career. So an injury-prone or old player, so maybe a guy who's gotten injured and injured recently or is just not the same, um, kind of was hot and got cold pretty quickly and is approaching the end of his fantasy career. Totally. Yeah, I'll take I'll take this. I got one right off the top of my head because um, he's affecting me in one of my <laughs> leagues that I traded for him at the beginning of the year to help me at running back, and that's Aaron Jones. Um, mm. I think there's a few things going on right now. I think, um, yeah, he's been plagued by the injury bug a little bit, but two, you take away Aaron Rodgers from that offense and um, it hurts all the playmakers. Um, I don't think Jordan Love has been doing any of the playmakers in that offense any favors, uh, especially Aaron Jones. So, uh, yeah, Aaron Jones is my guy to answer that question. I think that's um, that's best jukebox answer for the season. Dang. Um, gosh, um, yeah, that was a great, that was a great one, Scott. Uh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to follow it up with anything <laughs> like that. Um, I was thinking Samaj P. Ryan, um, I was expecting hey. a lot more from him. Um, and what's seemed to happen is this undrafted free agent, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin has been getting those touches instead of P. Ryan. Um, and he's been just kind of fading to the back now. Um, and I mean, you know what he, in certain circumstances, he was absolutely super productive, especially last year with the Bengals. So um, I just think he's losing the pop to a younger player. And um, I don't know what he's just fading out there nowadays. So. All right. I like it. Definitely thought someone, you know, someone that we thought would maybe be even a 50, 50 split going yeah. into the year with uh, Javante. So um, definitely been hugely disappointing. Uh, next song, talking to throw, 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 throw back. Um, a guy named Harry Lillis 
Crosby Jr., a.k.a. Bing Crosby. Wow. So his real name is Harry. Um, the song is Jeepers Creepers. Um, I probably adding it to the not recommend list, similar to Pizza Girl by the Jonas Brothers, but not because it's a horrible song, just because I don't listen to that kind of music. So anyways, he uh, in the song, he says, I don't care what the weatherman says. When the weatherman says it's raining, you'll never hear me complaining. Goes on to say, I'm certain the sun will shine when your eyes look into mine. Dang, um, those, those lyrics slap, though. Slap. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> lyrics. Um, and, of course, who we got to be talking about when it's raining. We're talking about Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks. Two questions. Third, three questions. Um, one, are the Seahawks the most underrated team in the NFL? Two, is DK Metcalf the most underrated wide receiver in the game? And three, from fantasy specifically, do you trust anyone on a consistent basis outside of KW3, Kenneth Walker? Oh, that's a loaded, fully loaded question. Um, I I do think they're severely underrated. Do I think they're the most underrated? Uh Dang. Uh, mm, I don't think low key, it's low key right now. Yeah, low key. I think their defense, they have two of the fastest cornerbacks in the game. Um, and their defense is actually sneaky good. And they um, just got someone as well. Leonard Williams, I think. Yeah, Leonard Williams from the Giants, if I'm yes, I think that's correct. correctly. Um, yeah, I think this team is very sneakily underrated for sure. Um, and I think they're just not clicking right now and i mentioned this actually a couple episodes ago when they lost both their tackles starting tackles to start the season so they've been trying to you know adjust since then and do i think dk is underrated as well i've been having a lot of battles uh debating that in my head actually too i've been actually been talking to uh, people um make a deal for dk actually and they all they all the uh, owners currently hold them in this high regard, but I just I don't know. I'm teetering on the edge now because he just if he was that good and he was as underrated as we think he is, he'd be actually producing like uh, a little bit more than he has been. Right? I mean, you think how many years has he been in the league? I feel like six, five, five or six, five or six. Yep. Yeah, five. You, you know, this is he should be at the peak of his powers right now, I think. Um, and the last question, uh, could you repeat it for me? Uh, yeah, for fantasy specifically, do you trust anyone on a week-to-week basis outside of Kenneth Walker? Honestly, on a week-to-week basis, no. I feel like the rock's being shared other than KW3, no. I think the rock's just being shared, I mean, any week it could be Tyler Lockett. Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba is now getting involved. Mm-hmm. Um, DK. I mean, it's. It, I think the passing games as of right now are crapshoot. Scott, um, I think the Seahawks are one of two uh, most underrated teams currently, um, and I think the second would be the team that they barely beat this past week, uh, which would be the Browns. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. the Browns have one of the best defenses in the league, and they are competing with a backup quarterback. Yep. Um, 
So it's between the Seahawks and the Browns for me right now as the most underrated teams in the NFL. Um, DK being the most underrated wide receiver, I don't think so. Um, and maybe this is from my own vantage point, but I think Terry McLaurin is more underrated than he is, mm-hmm. and he's been he's been better. Um, I think it's because the Commanders are our worst team, but I would say McLaurin uh, is the most underrated wide receiver currently. Uh, not to say that DK is not, but I disagree with MJ on the third one. Uh, KW3, set it and forget it, no doubt. But I think DK is the answer to the other one. Uh, week one, 12 points. Week two, 10 points. Week three, 14 points. Week four, 10 points. Week five, bye. Week six, nine points. Week seven, injured. Week eight, 10 points. He, he, he has a floor of nine points. Like, that's easy flex money every week. Uh, I, I think I'm comfortable putting DK in my lineup for sure. Okay. Good, great, great points. Um, yeah, I think good point with the Browns. I think they are right there with the Seahawks, especially with having being staying in it with the backup quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, it maybe it was a question, which I guess it was a question about the real NFL, but I came at it from a fantasy perspective. I feel like Metcalf doesn't get a lot of recognition because I think, like MJ was saying, I, I don't think he's producing as much as. Um, most people would hope, um, but I, I don't know. I feel like whenever you watch him, he just seems like a specimen. And I know, Absolutely. You know his body can can take your breath away, but <laughs> I feel like I think also I think the talent is there. And um, I, I, I don't know. I think they just got to get him more involved. There's It's like you see C.D. Lamb pop off. You see DeAndre Hopkins pop off. I think he's right. I mean, I think he's in the same conversation with those guys, and I think mm-hmm. they just got to figure out how to get the ball to him. Um and then uh, I, I I don't with 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 that in mind I think until they do I don't think I'm really trusting anyone outside of Kenneth Walker um, on a consistent basis I think you know Scott's close with I I mean I think DK could be a flex in the flex conversation but he's just not doing enough right now for um, me to trust really anyone else on a consistent basis but what, what are you looking for for a consistent floor for your flex. Like nine, like it was, it was 8.9. I rounded up, but like 8.9 points is his lowest score in games that he's played. I mean, I think like, 12 to 15 points as a floor for your flex play. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, at least 10, I think under 10 is, is, is pretty low bar so for the flex play. He's had, he's had one week less than 10 that he's played. It was 8.9. So, I mean, maybe, maybe he is right in there. Um, but I mean, like, I, I, I agree. Okay, he's a flex play, but uh, but also that's not a flex play is not like a consistent basis. That's not. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking a top a top twenty to twenty five player when it comes to when it comes to flex. So, dude, I think yeah. he's overrated currently, and um, I just yeah, such a great top, great question. Great yeah, I mean question. he's he's currently number forty five on the year in half point PPR wide receivers so he's definitely you know wide receiver four territory based on that right yeah so i think that i think that's what i was thinking versus coming at it from the specifically the he, he's also played two less weeks than the majority of wide receivers but yeah but yeah it's a conversation um well great points let's wrap it up with fantasy flash uh so things keep getting worse for me and mj let's go baby um <laughs> steven had Another perfect week um, in week eight. So Thursday night football, we had an over under two and a half total rushing touchdowns. Uh, and 
of course, there was just the one from Josh Allen um, in the in the Bills Bucks game. Um, so all three of us got a point there. Guess Dave did not get that right. He guessed the over um, for Sunday uh, Bengals versus Niners. It was more targets, T Higgins and George Kittle, and it was six to eleven in Kittle's favor. So Stephen and Guess Dave got that one right. Monday Night Football. It was more touchdowns. Adams and Myers or ASB and Laporta. And it was zero to one, one touchdown for Laporta and a firing of McDaniels. Um, Steven and MJ with a point there. Uh, so our current standings uh, from worst to first are <laughs> me at nine and 15, MJ at 13 and 11. And Steven with a four point lead at 17 and seven. He's got a four point lead over MJ and an eight point lead over me. I got to stop uh, playing games. Fun train. I got to, I got to, I got to play now. I, I just got to stop playing, period. <laughs> I, I, my record is getting worse, not better. Um, our guests for the record are at three and three. Um, mm. That's pretty good. Uh, ah, 50%. But, anyways, we'll move into week nine. Bring it, baby. Thursday, Thursday night football. We have the Titans versus the Steelers. More targets, Hopkins or Pickens? And before you answer, they are both at exactly 53 on the season. Hopkins, no question. Hopkins for sure. Do you have, like, he is questionable. Do you have a backup? I also said Hopkins, so uh, I will have to okay. do an earth skirt here. Um, Let's see. Levis. And, we, and I didn't go quarterbacks because it's still up in the air between the Steelers quarterbacks uh, for who's playing this week. Um, let's go with hmm, more. Let's go with more receptions between Hopkins and Deontay Johnson. Hopkins. More receptions? More receptions. Shoot, man. Uh, Deontay. I'm also going Deontay. There's a, I think it's it's a volume thing. Um, <sighs> all right. Let me uh, fix that real quick. Uh, Sunday night football. We've got the Bills versus the Bengals. This one should be exciting. Um, more fantasy points. Diggs or Chase? Diggs. Ah uh, man, yeah, I have to go Diggs here. I just think Chase, be baby, better Chase all the way. The Bengals are up and coming. <laughs> um, I I can't remember if I saw it or read it or heard it somewhere, but um, like the past two or three seasons since their bye week, they just don't lose games. Like uh, they started slow last year. They started slow this year. They're on fire. Um, I think it's hard to bet against the Bengals right now. Uh, I, I think Chase over Diggs, and I think Bengals over Bills. Um, Monday Night Football, Chargers versus Jets. Over, under, three and a half passing touchdowns. Chargers and Jets? Chargers and Jets. Three and a half. Let me get the under. Yeah, I'm actually leaning under here as well. 
Two and a half, because I was also under. I'll take the over. I am three passing touchdowns, and I'm trying to take into account Herbert here. Um, Breeze did make it up over. All right, I'll go under. I think uh, it's going to be a running game, and the Chargers are just going to run away, run away with it very quickly. You're just trying uh, to make that hole really deep. I I mean, I got to go opposite of you to catch up, right? So it's either get that much worse or try and improve. So anyways, we'll pass it back to MJ to close this out. Yeah, guys. Um, a wonderful episode again. And um, it's just so crazy to me that how we have skirted from our first episode of the season all the way here to week nine. Um just a reminder that we need to really, really appreciate the fantasy season as we, as we still have it. And, and the football season, you know, it, it's, it takes what I feel like so fast to, to get into season. And then once it's here, it goes by too quickly. Um, so enjoy it while everyone can. Um, thank you guys so much for your time as always. And thank you to our listeners, um, who continue to be, um, the reason why we do this, uh, as always, if you have suggestions, you have comments, you want something for us to do or an idea, please reach out to us and let us know. Or if you want to be uh, a guest on an episode, we'd love to have you on here and talk fantasy. Um, Scott, anything to say? Uh, yeah, shout out to you guys. Thank you for putting in the time. Um, so one thing that you guys might not have known, and I know because I kind of do the secretarial work but uh this was our 40th episode um we've done yeah 40 episodes which is crazy wow um that's like half of how many episodes there are of game of thrones right so um pretty cool uh but yeah thank you guys um appreciate doing this with you and uh thank you to our listeners out there um yeah, I hope you enjoy this. We have fun doing it. Hope you enjoy listening to it. Oh, yeah. Fun train. Like MJ said, if you want to be a guest, let us know. We'd love to have you on. Uh, Got to give another shout out to John, our guest from last week. Uh, he was in town this past weekend, and we literally watched seven hours of commercial free football. And let me tell you, I usually watch Red Zone, and I watch a lot of it. But uh, this is the first time that I think I've ever sat and watched the entire seven hours of commercial free football and red zone. beautiful so, um shout out to john for us having that great day um but uh yeah guys love doing this with y'all um love hearing what what you guys are thinking um tell us what you want to want us to talk about on the pod and looking forward to the second half of the season oh yeah you guys and i speaking of john i do want to make a comment for everyone listening if you did see our episode get reloaded uh the haunt for blue october was it um i've re-uploaded it and they fixed john's audio so i do invite you guys to go ahead re-listen to that episode and uh uh enjoy him as our guest but with that you guys thanks for joining us this is what's your fantasy fantasy football podcast We'll see you guys next time. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby.